keep going. Don't give up. Don't cave in. Don't quit. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Keep asking. for easy to receive from our heavenly father part five well thank you for joining brothers of the word because brother you need the word we welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media welcome to today's service always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. I would like to read just a little humor. A man said to his friend, he says, I've been reading so many bad things about eating sugar and junk food. So he said, now I've made a new resolution. His friend said, what is it? He said, no more reading. Well, we're doing the final part. I've been trying to close out this series, but we've been having fun in this little series entitled Easy to Receive from Our Heavenly Father. Easy to Receive from Our Heavenly Father. And this is part five, and we'll try to conclude it today. Easy to Receive from Our Heavenly Father. Just a little review. We've said that it's easy to receive from Him for three reasons. Number one, because of our faith in Christ. Number two, because he loves us so much. Number three, because we are his kids. We also described how God gives to us. He gives to us freely. He loves to do it. He gives to us abundantly. And some things that we've learned about God He's kind, he's willing to help, he honors our faith, he's faithful to forgive, he's faithful to heal, his loving kindness is always here, his grace is always here, his goodness is always here, his love is always here, and he can be trusted. And then we shared an account over in the book of Acts chapter 3, where we dealt with the lame man who was laid daily at the gate called Beautiful there in Acts chapter 3 and we took our time and we kind of went through that verse by verse and I just want to share the summarizing thoughts from that number one we learned from that account don't use a lame excuse he was lame but he showed up every day and the Holy Spirit actually said, I was driving home one after service. He said, don't use a lame excuse. This man made no excuses even though he was lame. Don't use a lame excuse. Number two, the power of God. We had an opportunity to see the power of God on display there. This is something the Holy Spirit pointed out to me. He said, you notice when the power of God hit him, the man was laying down. The Bible says they brought him daily and laid him at the gate. So he was in a lying position. 
But the Bible says that when the power of God hit him, he leapt. So he went from lying down to leaping, which means he skipped the natural progression. Now, he's been this way since birth, and so he hadn't walked since birth. So you would think he would first need to sit up. You normally go from lying down to sitting up. And then you go from sitting up to struggling to get up, <laughs> to stand. And then you go from standing to walking. And then you go from walking to leaping. But he went from laying down to leaping. He went from lying down to leaping. So the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, the power of God moves you faster, takes you further, and propels you higher. That's what the power of God does in your life. Moves you faster, takes you further, and propels you higher. I love that. So we got a chance to see a picture of the power of God there in operation in his life. And then we said, number three, think beautiful things because he was at a gate called beautiful. Think beautiful things. Say beautiful things. Do beautiful things. Keep your life at a place called beautiful. Keep your life at a place called beautiful. If you keep your life at a place called beautiful, God will do miraculous things in your life. God will do beautiful things in your life. If you keep your life at a place called beautiful, beautiful things will happen in your life. And then number four, be around inspiring people. Be around inspiring people. This man was around inspiring people. He was around Peter and John, so he was in pretty good company. Be around inspiring people, people who challenge you, push you to be your best self. The quality of the people you put around you determines the quality of who you are. So notice that he had an encounter with the power of God because he was around people who carried the power of God. And so be around inspiring people. And then the fifth thing that we glean is to expect, remember, he looked on Peter and John with great expectancy. So that lets us know to expect good and great things. Expect good and great things. Live your life with expectancy. I'm going to read the little declaration I read Sunday that a pastor friend of ours, he sent to Pastor Nathaniel, and Pastor Nathaniel sent it out to his list. And man, we all just rejoiced when we read it. We loved it. But it says, this month is going to be a big month for you. You will experience consecutive wins, healing, unexpected blessings, financial freedom, and spiritual growth. I declare nothing about your life will remain the same. You will receive everything you've been waiting and praying for in Jesus' name. How many of you expect to receive that? Expect to receive that. So live your life with expectancy. Live your life with expectancy. Live your life with expectancy. He looked on them expecting to receive something. Expecting to receive something. So live your life expecting to receive something good, something great from God. Praise God. Praise God. This scripture here in Psalm 62 
5 talks about expectancy a little bit. It says, my soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. My soul, only wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. And then in Psalms 27, 13, he says, the psalmist says, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's living with expectancy. That's living with expectancy. That's living with expectancy. Living with expectancy. He said, man, I would have caved in. I would have quit. I would have just fallen over. But I was living with expectancy. He said, the expectancy to see God's goodness in my life. That's what kept me going. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's what has me looking out every day, living with anticipation and expectancy and excitement because God is so good to us all the time. All the time. And so those are some of the things that we've been sharing. I want to share a little bit just with the few moments we have left over in the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. It says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Now I want you to hear this. Ask, and it shall be given you. Jesus has already given you the green light. Notice that. God's already given you the green light. All the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Notice what he says. Ask, and it might be given you. Maybe there's a chance you might get something. There's a high probability. No, it says ask, and it shall be given you. Notice the green light he's already given us. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. God has already given us the green light. He's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. God's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's already given us everything that he has. Everything that God has, we have. Everything he has given Christ Jesus, he has given to us. How do I know that? Because we're heirs of God and we're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. That's how I know it. And so he's already given us the green light. Jesus himself, he said, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, Jesus talked a lot. I notice in this chapter and in the preceding chapters, Jesus did a lot of talking, revealing our Heavenly Father. He was revealing the heart of the Father. He was revealing the heart of the Father. He does it. Let me continue reading. You will hear it. You will hear it. Listen to this. Verse 8. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh shall be opened. Then verse 9, or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? 
Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, and the word there is actually natural, or, you know, you're natural. If you're natural men and women, if ye then, being evil or natural, know how to give good gifts unto your children, look how he teaches about the Heavenly Father. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Isn't that good? That's good. So Jesus reveals the Heavenly Father. He reveals the will of the Father. He reveals the generosity of the Father. He reveals the readiness of the Father. God actually is more ready to give than we are to receive. God's always on, on. He's always on, on. His switch is always on. It's always giving. You can see it in the life of Jesus. There were places Jesus walked. People would just go and touch the hem of his garment. They would be healed without ever even saying anything. The switch was always on. It was always on. There were places they would just go and they would just touch his hem and they would be healed. And I'm not talking about the lady who touched the hem of his garment. He went to other towns. They had heard about that lady. And so other people started doing it. So there were towns Jesus would go and people would just go for his hem. They would be healed. The Bible says all of them were healed. Everybody who touched his hem were healed. There were places he went. The Bible says they brought out all the sick and infirm he healed them all. So the switch was always on. God's always ready to give more than we are ready to receive. He's always giving. He's always generous. He's always kind. It's always on. God is always on. The switch is always turned on. And that's what Jesus is teaching us here. It's man, all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is seek. All you have to do is knock. God's already prepared a way for you. God has already prepared an answer for you. God has already prepared a solution for you. God has already put it on your path for you to find. He's already put it on your path. You knock, he'll open the door. All you got to do when you knock, he's going to say, who is it? Just say, this is your child. <laughs> he'll open the door. How many of you would open the door if your child knocked on the door? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> He'll open the door. He'll open the door for you. He'll open the door. All you have to do is knock. So he's teaching us about our Heavenly Father. Actually, I never in Scripture saw Jesus turn anyone away. I never saw it. Never saw him turn anyone away. I mean, people would come and say, Jesus, I have a servant at home sick. Jesus said, lead the way. I'll come and heal him. One man said, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make him whole. Jesus said, I'm willing. Another man says, my daughter is at the point of death. Jesus said, I'll come. He said, Jesus, if you come, Jesus said, I'm right behind you. Lead the way. He was always willing. He was always on. So you can see the generosity. You can see the heart of God. so easy to receive from our Heavenly Father. Jesus never turned anyone away. The only person he tried to turn away was the Canaanite woman, I believe. It was only one woman he tried to turn away. He tried to turn her away and he still couldn't do it. And he wasn't really trying 
to get rid of her because the disciples were trying to get rid of her. (laughs) The disciples said, hey, Jesus, send her away. She's crying after all of us. They were trying to get rid of her. Jesus wasn't trying to get rid of her. Jesus was trying to teach a lesson. He was trying to teach a lesson to ask and keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. So he was using this woman to illustrate that there are times if you don't get it on the first, keep going. Don't give up, don't cave in, don't quit. Keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. So there's a persistence there that he was teaching. You know, I heard a stone cutter. He said that sometimes you have to beat on a stone for a thousand times. And then on the thousand and first blow, the stone will crack open. Now, it wasn't just the one blow. It wasn't the thousand and first blow that cracked it open. It was a thousand times that had gone prior. And so you never know how close you are to that final blow. And the Bible says in the book of, I have it written down somewhere in here, but in the book of Jeremiah, the Bible says that his word is a hammer. His word is a hammer. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word to your situation. Keep speaking the word over your life. Things may not appear to change overnight, but it's like a hammer hammering a rock. Keep hammering. Use the hammer of God's word. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. And you're applying the force of faith to anything that you're facing in life. God's word is like a hammer. Just keep hammering away at it. Keep hammering away at it. Now, all of a sudden, it'll eventually break loose. And so that's what Jesus is teaching. A lot of times it's not on the first blow, but ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Knock and keep on knocking. I love something over in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, He heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so the key there is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything, it has to be according to his will. So if it's not according to his will, then we don't have any confidence. But if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we have the petitions that we're desired of him. I had a guy one time, he was trying to get me to touch and agree with him. This woman that he liked was married. And he was trying to get me to touch and agree with him that she would be his wife. <laughs> and I had to let him know. I said, no, I can't agree with that because that's not God's will. <laughs> I said, we only have confidence if we're asking according to his will. (laughs) I said, there's no confidence. I said, I can't pray that prayer with you, sir. Sorry. (laughs) And he was very genuine. He was very honest. But he just wanted this woman, but she just happened to be married. (laughs) And so you can't ask God to kill someone or to do harm to someone because that's not God's will. 
So that's what he's saying. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, then we have the petitions that we desired of him. I like something further um, in, also in 1 John chapter 3, somewhere in chapter 3, somewhere around verses 20 through 23. And I kind of paraphrase it and put it in my own words after I was just meditating on 1 John. And I came away with this from taking it from the scriptures, 1 John there, chapter 3, taking it from the scriptures. And it goes like this. I walk in love. I know him. I am in him. He's in me. I keep his commandments. And I receive whatsoever I ask of him. That's 1 John chapter 3. That's in chapter 3. So I just paraphrase it into my own words so I can remember it. But that's the heart of exactly what it's saying. I walk in love. I know him. I'm in him. He's in me. I keep his commandments. I receive whatever I ask of him. Praise God. Isn't that good? That's right there in 1 John chapter 3. That's what it teaches there in 1 John chapter 3. I walk in love. I walk in love. It actually, you know, don't get caught up when it says I keep his commandments. Because his commandment is a commandment of love. The Bible says that if you love your neighbor, this is a fulfillment of all the commandments. All the commandments are fulfilled in this one word, love thy neighbor as thyself. Love is the fulfillment of the commandment. And he tells us what his commandments are right there in First John. He gave two commandments. And a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people think that they're are only two commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and might. Love your neighbor as yourself. Most people think those are the only two commandments in the new covenant. But there's one more. Everybody say there's one more. That's one more. That's one more. Now you're going to be able to tell all your friends, all your friends when you get home, tell them about this third one. There's a third one. I've never heard it taught. Never heard anybody talk about it. But as a third one in the New Testament. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the two everybody knows. There's a third one. Anybody would like to know what the third <laughs> The third one is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the third commandment. You'll find that in 1 John. He said, I give you these commandments. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a commandment. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Love your neighbor as yourself. Y'all ain't never heard that. I know you never heard it. So there are three commandments. There are three commandments in the New Testament, New Covenant. Three commandments. Three commandments. Go home and tell your friend. Call your, call your friend and say, look, did you know there are three commandments, not just two? <laughs> That's right. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a commandment. That's a commandment. Isn't that good? That's a commandment. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? You can see the heart of God 
God's trying to get everybody saved. So he made it a commandment. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You can see it's the heart of the Father. He's not willing that any man should perish. He wants everyone to receive him. Man, God is so good. He even put it in the commandment. He even put it in the commandment so that everybody will be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a commandment. That's a commandment. That's a commandment. That's a commandment. Praise God. Am I out of time? (laughs) We're just having fun. We're having fun. But let me finish with this. Ask and keep on asking. Seeking ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. You'll never possess what you're unwilling to pursue. Ask, seek, knock. Jesus gives us that key. Ask, seek, knock. You will never possess what you are unwilling to pursue. Ask, seek, knock. Notice the word ask contains all three. Ask, A, S, seek, K, knock. All of them are in the word ask. Ask, seek, knock. That's a principle there that Jesus was giving us a key. He's given us a powerful key there. Ask, seek, knock. You'll never possess what you're unwilling to pursue. And if you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. The, the elder brother to the prodigal son, he was angry at his dad. He says, I've been with you all the time. And he said, you never have given me a fatted calf to enjoy my friends. The dad was like, you never asked. <laughs> the dad was saying to something where you never asked. Everything I got here is yours, boy. <laughs> Seek, knock, ask, seek, and knock, ask, seek, and knock. Praise God. I'm going to stop right there, but I was listening to the life story of Sylvester Stallone, and I thought about this principle. He has a very interesting life story, and you would never know it, you know, from seeing him and all the fame and success that he has. You would never know his backstory. He said when he was a little boy, he knew in his heart that he would be in the movie business. He said as a little boy, he knew it instinctively. He knew he would be in the movie business as a little boy. And when he became a man, he was married and he said that's all he wanted to do was be in the movie business. He didn't want to work a regular job. Because he said, if I got a regular job, I knew I would never pursue my dream. I would get stuck. He said, I didn't never want to get stuck. So he only pursued what he knew in his heart he was designed for. And everywhere he went, the answer was no. They told him, say, you can't act. You have a drawl in your talk. You, you're not made for movies. 
They say, you can't even hardly talk clear. He's actually born with some type of paralysis in his face that causes a little drawl as, he, you, know, as you hear him talk. He never let that stop him. He never let that stop him. He said he just kept going. He said he spent the night at one producer's office. Producer had told him no. He said he spent the night and producer came in the next morning. He was still there. Ask. Seek. Knock. He just asked. He kept asking. He kept seeking. He kept knocking. He said nothing worked out for him. And he said finally, he was, he, had, he said he had no money. Things were so bad. He said he had a little dog who was his best friend because he said his wife was mad at him because he had already sold all her jewelry. And he said he had a little dog who was his best friend that loved him unconditionally. He said things got so bad, he had to go sell his little dog. He got $25 for his dog, and that was his best friend. He said he went home weeping. He went home weeping. He said there was no heat at his house. His house was freezing because he couldn't pay the power bill. And so he said he walked to the library, not to read because he said he wasn't interested in reading. He said he was going to the library because it was warm. It was cold at his house. He went by the library because it was warm. And he said as he went in and sat down, he said there was somebody had left a book. Somebody had left a book. And the book was by Edgar Allan Poe. And he said he read the book. And he said the book changed his life. He said the book showed him that what he had been doing, he had only been out for himself. But from reading and studying Edgar Allan Poe, he said it taught him to serve others. And so he said he changed his entire focus then just trying to make it himself. He began to see that he could write something for others. So he decided to become a writer. And he said one day he was at home, he was watching Muhammad Ali in a fight. And he said Muhammad Ali was beating the man. But the man he was beating kept coming back, blow after blow, no matter how Muhammad Ali hit him, he just kept coming back. Light bulb went off. Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky from watching that. That gave him the idea for Rocky. After he wrote Rocky, he said he took it out about 1,500 times, and they all told him no. Ask, seek, knock. He said, finally, somebody said, yes, we'll do it. Somebody said, yes, we'll do it. And he said, I only have one requirement. I want to play Rocky because it's my story. It's my story. I'm the underdog. He said, I've learned that I wanted to write something to inspire people, that they can overcome, that when they don't have a chance, 
that they can overcome life's battle. And he said, I wrote it to help people because it's my story of overcoming the challenges of life. And he said, I want to play Rocky because it's me. And they cut him a deal. They were going to pay him several hundred thousand dollars, but they didn't want to take a risk because he wasn't an actor. So they said, we'll do it, but we're only going to pay you $35,000 for you to be an actor. He took that deal over the several hundred thousand dollar deal if he wasn't going to play himself. And he said the first thing he did, he said when he took the 35000 he went to go buy his dog back. <laughs> he said he found the man that he sold the dog to for $25, and the man wouldn't sell it back. He offered him 100 He said, nope. He offered him 500 He said, nope. He said, I like this little dog. <laughs> he offered him 1000 He said, nope. He wouldn't sell it back. He finally negotiated. He paid $15,000 to get his dog back. <laughs> and he had to give the man a role in the movie Rocky. <laughs> and the little dog is in the movie Rocky. So you had to go back and watch the first. But I was so moved when I heard the life story behind Sylvester Stallone. Ask, seek, knock. You never know a person's story. Never know a person's story. Ask, seek, knock. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. He wouldn't give up on his dream. He wouldn't give up on his dream. Praise God. Stand on your feet, I'm out of time. But man, Rocky inspired me. I was so touched by his story. Praise God. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you so much. We just love you, Lord. And Thank you for being so easy to receive from and being so generous to us. Thank you for leading us and guiding us and helping us along life's journey, Lord. And thank you for allowing us to be a blessing to others and to never give up, but to ask and to keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, and to knock and keep on knocking, and that you've already planned it out for us, Lord. You're already working in our favor, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen, amen. God bless you. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part five of the series titled, Easy to Receive, from Our Heavenly Father, by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7994. That's 7994. To listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 7994. To a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother, you need the word. From brothers of-